Welcome in to another episode of the Fast Break Podcast with WTK's Rock Solid Sports. I'm Bryson Wright, and I'm here with Justin Klimmer and Grant Mitchell. And the NBA playoffs are in full swing as they were in our last episode. Uh, We're kind of like in the middle of the second round now. Uh, The last time we talked, it was right before the beginning of uh, the second round. We knew some of the matchups. There were a couple game sixes coming up. But just to start out, the first series that I think we got to talk about is Grizzlies-Warriors. Just because of... of Not just because I'm a Grizzlies fan. What's up, Pat? What team is that? Okay, but like, not just because I'm a Grizzlies fan, but just because I think this series has had some of the most exciting plays and performances. Yeah. And uh, social media. Off the court as well. Like, there's been a lot of stuff. So, I guess we got to start with just the whole Dylan Brooks, Gary Payton thing. I think that's probably what we got to start with. Yeah. Was it dirty? Was it clean? See, and this is and this is what I said about it, right? I don't want to get into whether or not Dylan Brooks meant to, I don't think he meant to hurt him, but I do think the NBA made the right decision in the flagrant two and the suspension because if you hit somebody in the head and they get hurt, then that's cool. Like, I don't want to get into an argument about if he's a dirty player or mm-hmm. not because that's not really – that doesn't really change anything. The reality is he hit him in the back of the head, he got hurt, the NBA has shown a precedent that if that happens, that's a flagrant two and a suspension. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I think that they did the right thing. Yeah, it was just super reckless. Yeah. Like, you know, front and full sprint, you know, full wind up and just, it didn't look very close to the ball to me. I mean, you just got him straight in the face. And what, but what did make it worse was how Gary Payne landed just trying to catch himself. And yeah. then was it his elbow that got fractured? Yeah, that's, that's what right? it was. Out for a month. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and then that that was kind of the big story out of, and I really hate. I know we even started with it, but I hate that the whole narrative of the of the games has now become like the Jordan Poole, John Morant thing, and yeah. the Gary Payton, Dylan Brooks thing, instead of like the amazing games that we have seen. At least the first two, Game Three was kind of a bummer. Besides John Morant having whatever he had thirty four, yeah, and that was like. I mean, I guess for for Warriors fans, it was amazing. But it's like, I feel like just watching a blowout, nobody really likes to watch a blowout like that. Yeah. So it was one of those things where the first two games were both so close and came down to the last possession. Game three was kind of mm-hmm. just like completely different. And I really just think they the Grizzlies broke down defensively. Yeah. And I think that's that was just like the main problem in that game three. And it was like Jordan Poole was getting – easy drives to the basket he was just blowing past people and it's like dude i know they're shooting 70 percent, and that never happens but it wasn't like they were shooting 70 percent on a bunch of jump shots like yeah. they were just getting yeah. to the rim it's like if you let them get to the rim every time they should shoot 70 percent once they get there if they're yeah. shooting wide open layups and it's it's definitely i think i think it just goes to show that the grizzlies while they've had an incredible season that when you ascend this much in one year if you haven't been used to winning like this, I think eventually fatigue is going to catch up with you. And with this Grizzlies team, that's what we've seen. These holes on defense definitely opening up. Uh, obviously, everybody's tired in the NBA playoffs, but right now that defense that was just there all year long and suffocating teams, just like, like you were saying, Bryson, it's just it, it's giving away easy looks. And um, I think if they if they can flip a switch in tonight's game. You know, even without you know jaw, which seems pretty likely, um, 
they could they could turn things around because this has been a feisty group all season long, and I don't see the Grizzlies going down, you know, four one or even even four two. I think this is a seven game series. I genuinely do. I think there's so much fight in this team, and the Warriors they still have the deficiencies they had in the regular season. You know, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to find a little bit of more of a presence offensively speaking, and they're going to be able to dish it out from there, get some open looks. And the Warriors, I mean, there's just, I, I can't stand the Warriors, but they're a well-oiled machine, but they still have major, major deficiencies in the big man department. And I think I think the Grizzlies are going to exploit that here. And when they're without John Morant, it's proven that teams just don't know how to handle them because the, the chemistry amongst every single Grizzlies player just seems to be at the top level. I mean, they were blowing teams out and they had a long win streak when John Morant was out and hurt. So this is a team that, knows what to do even without its star player who seems like he's got next you know yeah they clearly got a good system over there in memphis but without john moran it's just um they're gonna be missing that guy who can um just put the ball down get to the rim put a lot of pressure on the defense but uh yeah i haven't really seen many grizzlies games without jaw except for that um one nets game at home when uh, D'Anthony Melton at 20 at half but uh bryson what do you think is the biggest difference in how their offense flows without jaw well, Ja is just so ball dominant and like for good reason because especially on some nights like in game two where nobody else was hitting anything mm-hmm. and Desmond Bain has a bad back, it's like just give the ball to Ja and go. But whenever he's not on the court, there's nobody that they can really do that with. I mean, Jaron kind of does take over that kind of yeah. role where they'll give it to him and tell him to just go to the basket, which is why I think that tonight we're going to see a much more aggressive Jaron uh, with whenever Ja doesn't play, it seems like he does seem to be a lot more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because the team needs somebody else to make up for the amount of shots he's taken. Uh, also, I think another thing is Dylan Brooks is going to be coming back as well. That's going to help him on the defensive end. He doesn't mind getting aggressive on offense. Oh, he doesn't. He'll take and, any, he'll and take and any this, shot. This is another thing, too, is that uh, Dylan Brooks is kind of he's, – he's a little crazy. Like, I'll, I'll admit that. And I think that the Warriors fans booing him, he's one of those guys where if you boo him, he's going to go crazy. Okay, yeah. crazy mean like plays too hard type of crazy? Like No, I mean like he's like, no, the, okay, Jazz fans booed him in game two last year, and I think he had 30. Oh, okay, that yeah. type of crazy. Yeah, competitive, like that's what I mean. Level crazy. Like, okay. just, it, he thinks that, he's the best. He's yeah, the best. Okay. so if, if you're, he's one of those guys, he has that mentality like you can boo me, that actually is going to motivate me more. So I'm not saying that he's going to come out and just set the world on fire, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Yeah, he clearly has all the confidence in the world. I mean, he hasn't shot it well this playoff series, this yeah. playoff run, but uh, he keeps shooting like what eighteen? It feels like eighteen a game or something at a at a low clip, unfortunately. But they're going to need somebody yeah. who's willing to take those shots. And he he could very well pop off tonight because uh, you know Iguodala only gets twelve minutes a game, but at the same time he's a good stretch player. You can throw in there, you know, cover a guy who's uh, who's who's a uh, guard or a forward. And I mean, without him, I think you're stuck with you're stuck with Curry and Thompson playing six. But I mean, you just you don't see a lot of defense from that front group with the Warriors. And I just I think Brooks could definitely have a night where he's raining shots. No, and I think that's why I think the X factor in this series has really been Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors. Yeah. Because Primary just, defender on draw, right? Yeah, well, for part for 
For game there, one, there's a lot of guys. I mean, they kind of played the zone in game three, so yeah. there was a lot yeah. of guys that guarded him. But, yeah, he was a big part of it. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga has been a big part of it. But I think the big thing for Andrew Wiggins is how well he's been rebounding and how he's just at every loose ball. Yeah. And I think to give him a lot of credit because Andrew Wiggins, now I know I might have criticized the like him being an all-star a little bit, obviously. We all did. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, he's a really good player. And he's doing exactly what the Warriors need from him. He's every hustling to every loose ball. He's playing great defense. And then he's also quietly scoring like 16, 17 points in a lot of these games. Yeah. Like, I think he had like 12 in the first quarter of game three. Oh, yeah. And it's just like everybody talks about, oh, Curry, oh, Clay, oh, look at Jordan Poole. And I'm like, all of those guys, went, like Clay Thompson had an amazing game three mm-hmm. and everything. Curry has been Curry throughout the series. I know he had a bad game too, but he, he's looked like himself, I feel like, most of the time. And Jordan Poole has been incredible. But I think that Andrew Wiggins is really the guy that is winning them these games. Like the two games that they won were because of Andrew Wiggins, because of the Grizzlies have, were such a good rebounding team throughout the whole season. But it seems like Andrew Wiggins is negating that by himself sometimes. I wanted to give credit to Otto Porter, too. That's true. He, he played, deserves uh, it. He played a lot of minutes when Draymond went out game, game one, and he's just he's just really solid. You don't see him doing anything wrong. You know, he's like, what, 6'8"? I mean, he was a high pick out of Georgetown way back then. Because like, it was the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. 6'8", <laughs> long arms, of course. He fits yeah. the mold of, of what en- every NBA player, NBA team can use. In yeah. Hitting the three, obviously. But, yeah, um, and then, so, yeah, him – Otto Porter, he he had a great game three as well. Well, it felt like everybody on the Warriors had a great game three. Otto yeah. Porter's actually but leading the team in rebounds per game with seven. Yeah. Wiggins is second. Okay, yeah. I think so they, they've both been really good. They have. Yeah. They've both been really and good Kuminga's on that part now getting. Well, he, st- he started, was last game the first game he started? Yeah, he started. Well, I will say this about Kuminga. He's a rookie, and he definitely made some rookie plays in that first quarter. Yeah. But it was like he would turn the ball over, and then he would – make a great defensive play yeah. and then he would uh, mess up on defense and then he would get a dunk. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like the good spark plug. Yeah, yeah. The good, the good was there. Yeah. And the fact that he played as well as he did at 19 is really impressive. I think, I think for tonight though, you're going to see more of Draymond and Otto on Jaron Jackson Jr. Rather than uh, Kaminga and green on, um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I just think that they're going to go with a more experienced rollout just to try and smother him when he's in the paint and just keep pressure on him. Obviously, Otto Porter is not going to be out there as much as Kaminga, um, but when he is, I think he's going to be glued pretty closely to Jaron all night. Bryson, I saw one of your tweets. Um, you were talking about how you were bombarded with questions about Steven Adams coming in. What do you think? Is he going to come in? I think Steven Adams probably will play. Well, yeah, what I said on Twitter was, uh, people kept replying to me, and they were like, "Put Stephen Adams in," and I was like, "Oh yeah, um, yeah. what do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on the coaching staff, despite <laughs> what you might have heard. Yeah. I thought you were on the bench. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I think Stephen Adams will play. I mean, when you look at the problem in this series, a lot of it has been that they can't win the rebounding battle, yeah. which is what they've won most of the regular season. They won the rebound battle almost every night. I mean, they let the NBA in rebounds, and I think p- most of that is from Steven Adams. I mean, he got so many offensive rebounds throughout the whole season and was leading the league and all of that. So right. I do think that 
on that end, he will help, like, in terms of rebounding. But I do think that he's still able to get kind of hunted on defense a little bit, especially when you have the three-guard lineup in there where it's oh, yeah. Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole are all in the game, and they yeah. can get a switch on to Steven Adams. That's going to be tough. But I do think at this point you got to try it, especially without Ja. You need somebody – you, you need something different. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. I don't know if um, – I know he had COVID, so I don't know if maybe wow. that's why he didn't play yet. I mean, I know he played late in the game, but it was only a few minutes, and maybe they were just trying to see how it would react to getting some playing time, mm-hmm. even though they were down by 20. But I, I, I don't know if he'll start, but I think he should get some playing time. Yeah, I think it would be a good idea to put him in when Looney's in. I don't know if when they're going small and Green's playing center, I don't know if it's a good idea to put uh, Adams in because, you know – you see Green on offense. I mean, he's not really holding, handling the ball, but he's always moving, putting his body on somebody, sending those screens, yeah. getting those guards open. And I don't know if Adams can keep up with that. Yeah, no, I think it's because he's so often he's at like at the top of the key near the three point line and setting screens and all that, where you're gonna have put Stephen Adams into a lot of positions where he's guarding the pick and roll probably more than you want him to, yeah. especially against guys that can shoot the ball the way they can. But the real question is, is that deficiency on defense worth what he brings in rebounding and offensive rebounding? Because that's really what has helped that team all season. But I do think we're going to see a very focused Grizzlies team tonight uh, for this uh, game four. And it basically feels like a must win for them if they want the series to keep going. Yeah, now, yeah it is. That, that, that's really what it feels like. Yeah, let's not get into the 3-1 stuff. But even if it were, I think if there were a team that could, and we said this off air, but if there were a team that could come back or at least force a game seven, it's the Grizzlies. I think it's this group out of anyone. It's grit and grind. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah, I, I mean, hey, I agree with that. I mean, you saw them. I mean, obviously it was the Timberwolves, so it was a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. But they came back <laughs> from double-digit deficits three times. So yeah. it's like, hey, if they can if they can play the way they did in those stretches when they were coming back from the mm-hmm. beginning of the game yeah. and just play better defense, I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to defense and at the end of the day because when you have as many weapons as Golden State has, mm-hmm. you can't let them get easy buckets. No. Every shot they take, like that was like in game two, every single shot that Steph and Clay took was contested uh, off the dribble. They There weren't. Open threes, Otto Porter Jr. and those other guys were not getting a lot of open threes. Yeah. Every time they were getting ran off the three-point line or they were getting contested. And then in right. game three, they didn't. So I, I think that, that was the main difference was on the defensive end completely. And you got to take into account, I mean, John Morant hurting in that game. That's going to have an impact on you defensively. So you make those adjustments and there are going to be a few more holes there. So. Defensively, emotionally. I mean, you see your, yeah. your dog go down, your yeah. team leader. It just kind of deflates the whole team, especially playing yeah. on the road. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, that is part of it. But, I mean, when he got hurt, they were already they were already out of it when he got hurt anyway. Yeah. I honestly don't even know if he should have still been in the game at that point because I understand when you've made the play, like the comebacks that you have, you never want to just give up on a playoff game. But they were down 30 with like five minutes left yeah. when he ended up getting hurt, I'm pretty sure. So that that is a question. But I understand why he was still in the game because it's like a pride thing. You don't want to just like yeah. give up. So mm-hmm. I, I, I respect that. It just sucks that it ended up in him being hurt too. What do you think about his health overall? Because he's had a number of injuries that he's dealt with so far in his career. Obviously nothing like – Zion, but Jaws seen some time away from the court for sure. And I mean, is this durability going to be an issue 
long-term because of how explosive he is? Could there be, you know, some Derrick Rose similarities, not in say that the devastating injuries, but just the consistency of there being small injuries happening in his career. Sounds like the Colin Cowherd take that he made on jaw talking about how we've never really seen an athletic point guard lead a team to a championship, whether it was with Russell Westbrook, John Wall, Derek Rose, um, just because, um, they can't stay health, stay healthy. And Jaws, uh, 175, he's like 20 pounds lighter than yeah. the guys I just mentioned. So, man, I, I'm not I'm not a doctor, so I don't really <laughs> I don't really want to speak on his he, health. He, he makes me think more like Penny Hardaway, honestly, like Penny OG Penny Hardaway oh, back with yeah. the Magic. You know, like that's the kind of player I see with Jaw, uh, just the explosiveness and how he can cut. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've ever seen a a guard lead the league in points in the paint in yeah. a game. Yeah, for yeah, no, season. not not the way that Jaw has this year. I mean, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, like you said, he ha- he's avoided like the devastating injuries. It seems like some of it is just like some soreness and stuff like that. Yeah. Which I don't know if maybe he didn't have enough time at the end of the regular season, like we thought he would. Mm-hmm. I-, I I don't really know, but I mean, I think that he's he w- he was healthy when the playoffs started. I-, I think that I think that there's a chance that he'll come back in this series because I don't think it's anything. I don't think it, it's anything major that's going on with him right now. But like I said, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I did see they listed him as doubtful. He's he's not playing tonight. Almost It's almost 100% sh- certain uh, at shoot-around. I saw a picture before we started this podcast. Everybody was at shoot-around, and he was in hood, He was in a hoodie with uh, slides on. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like he's playing tonight. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see about what's going to happen Uh for maybe game five and if there's games after that we'll see yeah what was the official injury designation was like a tweak no they said just knee soreness which knee was it uh that's i think right knee i'm pretty sure yeah so the knee that pulled it yeah it was the it was yeah it was the knee that pulled uh pulled on they said they said that that's where the injury happened but like i said i'm not going to get into like is it dirty is it not not going to get into breaking the code yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to get into so, that yeah. because it's just like a never end. It's, it's one of those conversations that it's never really going to end because everybody has a different opinion on it. So it, there's no there's no reason to keep having the argument anyway, because there's yeah. never you're never going to get to a point. I, I look at it the same way. I look at like the greatest of all time debate It's like you're never going to get to a point where everybody's like, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, like there's, there's no way that can make people. Yeah, there's no way to win yeah. the argument. Yeah. So it's like you're just arguing in circles and over and over again. And I'm like, I there's no there's no point. Yeah. And yeah. You know, one person, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're looking at this like two second sequence and you're slowing it down. Like, yeah. Five times slower than it really is. You're just nitpicking at every little thing. I mean, I mean, it's it's the playoffs. You know that these players aren't like they're thinking about every move. Sure, but. Poole is thinking about getting the basketball here versus just, like, I don't think he's – yeah, he's not intending to hurt him. So it's definitely getting um, talked about too much. But go ahead, Grant. No, I was just going to make a joke and just say, like, and there's always that one person out there who's like, Marcus Camby's the best all time. Oh, no. Marcus Camby's (laughs) who is Who is that? Where is that person at, Grant? Where did you meet that? Okay, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that. But, yeah, no, uh, just like I don't want to talk about the – are people car. dirty? Are people dirty? Yeah. Debates. Yeah, because it's just it's just never it's just never going to end. And you don't want to talk about that. You no. want to talk about people who get the ball in the basket or block shots. Not, yeah, exactly. Not the and that, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, 
all of the narratives coming out of this series have become about is this player dirty? He, oh, it's a flagrant <laughs> it's two. It's actually been it's every a, game. Every single game. Somebody has gotten ejected yeah. from this series in every game. <laughs> I think the Kyle Anderson ejection was just ridiculous. Exactly. But yeah. you see, now we're sitting here talking about ejections yeah. instead of the fact that, oh, Steph Curry had 30. John yeah. Morant became the third player in NBA history to have multiple 45-point games in the playoffs before they turn right. 23. Yeah. Turns and the other two players are LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah it turns in from a basketball podcast to just a morality court, yeah. basically. Exactly. And that's why it's like, dude, I just want to get back to enjoying yeah. the basketball games. Yeah. Because even if the Grizzlies are losing, it's still great. It's I, I, I like watching Steph Curry play. I mean, those three-pointers feel like daggers to the heart, but it's still like, wow, he's so good. Yeah, Especially when it goes you along know what with I the, mean? Uh, Mike brings like, oh, he puts it in. Or bang, of course. Oh, dude, bang, bang when your team is down like 16 in the fourth quarter. Puts it, puts it in is almost <laughs> oh just gosh. as bad. Puts it in. <laughs> or way off, way off when you're trying to make a way comeback. Off, Dylan Brooks. Oh, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, there was a Dylan Brooks way off. <laughs> Every quarter. And yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it, yeah, way, way off. I think way off might hurt more than the other team getting a bang on you. I'm not sure. Pause I think though. way off hurts but, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I, I I don't know. It's uh, one thing. One thing I would like to say before we move on. Um, it's just what I've noticed from Clay Thompson. Uh, the way he shoots over the years, like more than anybody, the way it goes in the basket, it's like the net barely moves. It grazes like the back part of yeah. the rim, and it barely moves, and it's just. You know, along, of course, with Mike Green's commentating, just daggers to the heart. Oh, yeah, no. But there was at one point where I I'm, I never officially give up, but there was one point in the game where I was like, we're probably going to lose this game. It was when it was in the third quarter, the Grizzlies started to make a run, and then Clay Thompson ran off the screen and hit a one-legged <laughs> three-pointer. I was like, yeah, this might not be our game. Yeah, <laughs> This just might not be the game for the Grizzlies. Because if he's hitting one-legged three-pointers, that was nice. I was like, that's yeah. going on the career highlight reel. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Which another another play that's going to go on the career highlight reel is that John Morant half-court heave at halftime. Oh, oh my! Yeah. I was like, what? And I guess my I think my TV was like a few seconds behind, so I like saw something, and somebody was like. No, I got the notification that uh, the quarter ended from, like, ESPN. And I was like, wait, how did we get 60? And then I watched it happen, and I was like, what? Yeah. It was insane. It's very rare you hear a Warriors crowd uh, go silent like that. Yeah, and and I think that's another thing is as much as Warriors and Grizzlies fans have kind of been after each other, I feel like at the end of the day, both fan bases realize the greatness of the other team's players. Yeah. And I think that the Warriors fans realize how great of a player John Morant is, even if they don't like whatever he does or dancing or mm-hmm. all that other stuff. They realize that that dude did have 47 points yeah. in a playoff game twice before, like, he can't even rent a car. Yeah. But he had he's had two forty five point games in the playoffs. Yeah, no, two forty seven point games actually. He's taking a third splash brother to, you know, take them down convincingly. But yeah, but obviously I think that's that might be the most intriguing series. Without Ja, it does change it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I do think it's been the most intriguing series. But the other one that I think has been just as intriguing, if not more intriguing, has sure. to be the Celtics and the Bucks. I mean, what a shocker. What a shocker. A 2-1 lead for Milwaukee in this one, and I just thought... I like, wouldn't call that a shocker. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, a 4-0 sweep of the Nets. Like, it's the Nets. Like, they're they're garbage, but at the same time, I mean, 
you, I, I would, I would think it's a little bit. I'd, I'd give the advantage to the to Boston Celtics because I think Boston's got a more well-rounded team. They're deeper, but this just goes to show again. Giannis throws all that out the window because he breaks your game plan. He breaks it. The man can run across the court in two steps and just dunk it. I mean, that's it's absurd. Two, three steps. I just you can't you can't prep for that. I mean, especially since he put on all that muscle a few seasons ago. I mean, that's why they won the chip last year. Obviously, I mean, they're mm-hmm. just. I, I think I think Boston right now just has their hands full. I and, love I love Jason Tatum. But and I mean, the thing is, you were just talking about his offense. That's just the half just, of it for Giannis. Yeah, the multiple time defensive player of the year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So I remember last week we talked about this, and my original pick was Celtics in seven. I had the same pick. That was my that was my original pick, right? And I still think that the Celtics can do it. Yeah. But I said it last week. I think that these teams are pretty evenly matched without Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. With Chris Middleton, I think Bucks in six. Like wow. if I'm being honest. Wow. But without Chris Middleton, I think it changes. It changed everything. But the thing is, is that without Chris Middleton. Giannis just has to be incredible and he's the best player in the world and yeah. he's been incredible and, he's been, yeah. and then uh, th- they had a good Drew Holiday game everybody else has done their part around Giannis I mean and then when Giannis is just playing as good I mean besides that what the first quarter of game two he has looked every bit of the best player in the world in this series and that's why when you said you were surprised you're up 2-1 even though I picked the Celtics I'm not surprised that the Bucks are up two one. Yeah, like it, I, because it's like, dude, you have Giannis Antetokounmpo on your team. Mm-hmm. I will never count out a team with Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's why I, I was like Celtics in seven. They might look. Yeah, the Bucks. It's going. I think it, it's going to go six or seven. I, I don't think that the Bucks are going to end up winning this in five. Yeah, but at this point, I could see it going either way. I could see it going either way. I mean, if it goes wrong, I think it goes for the Bucks. If it goes wrong, I think it's because Drew Holiday is a second option. I mean, he's not really – he took 30 shots last game, and he hit like 13 of them, including some clutch buckets at the end. But he, he's just not the guy I want to mm-hmm. be – want with the ball at the end of the game like he did last game. That's usually Middleton or Giannis at the end of the game. And I think that's the that's the big thing that I was talking about is that's their closer. Yeah. But you can also look at it from the Celtics standpoint is Jason Tatum had a horrible game. Awful. And in game three, and you're – He's I been mean, pretty bad. Yeah, and then but you're still right there at the end of the game. And if Al Horford tips that ball in yep. three tenths of a second earlier, then it's tied going to overtime, even though your best player had his worst game of the playoffs. So that's why I think it could go either way, because they make a couple more plays, they win that game. Yeah. Uh somebody hits one more three pointer at some point in the game, they win the game. All of that stuff. If Jason Tatum, he doesn't even even if he just had an okay game instead of a horrible game. They would have won the game, mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those things where it could go either way. I'm not surprised that the Bucks are up two one. I wouldn't have been surprised if the Celtics were up two one. I do think Boston is going to come out, and I th- I'm expecting Jason Tatum to come out on fire in this game though, because I think he's one of those players where after a bad night he is like I'm going to bounce back. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think also this series with the Bucks being up two one right now, for me it was a realization that. Last year when Giannis finally got his championship ring, he put on the crown that LeBron set down. I think I think this is now Giannis's NBA. I think he's now the you know, like you were saying, Bryson, best player in the world. I think Face this the is, league. Yeah. I think I think Giannis took that mantle up when he won the chip last year. And I think watching him this playoffs I mean, I knew he was I, I love Giannis. I've loved him since he came into the league. But watching him do what he's doing now is just it's like 
it's like when you couldn't you couldn't game plan for LeBron. You know, yeah. like he would just go out and do everything. Too big, too fast, yeah. too quick with the ball. Yeah, and and with um, there was an interesting take that I I saw on uh, on a YouTube video. They said that players were never afraid of LeBron, which I think is BS. Um, but they say you know when you look at Giannis, you can see the intensity in his eyes. You can see that with LeBron as well, but with Giannis, it's just like you see a, a fire in him that you see in some of the greats like Will Chamberlain. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, a, like an anger and a determination that I am going to will this team forward. And LeBron did that in his career, but I think right now we're just seeing that that youth backed up into that energy as well. And Giannis right now is just—I mean, he's just a freak. He is the Greek freak for a reason. I mean, just wow. And he's got a—he's got a three now. It's not the best three in the world, but it's consistent. He can hit it. He definitely can hit it. And the mid-range, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not the a... The mid-range, I think, is the bigger thing for yeah. him. Yeah, he's been more confident, which just uh, makes him more dangerous. Just yeah. Even if, like, he'll start hitting it at a higher rate, but just him gr- getting that confidence is just a great start for him and to push pressure on the defense so mm-hmm. they have to guard him from um, not just under the basket. Yeah. Yeah, no, just the fact that he can hit the turnaround mid-range jumper completely changed the way teams had to guard him. Just that so he can do that consistently enough now. And then, I mean, you saw it last year when he had that 50-point game. It wasn't just going to the basket. He was hitting, like, hook shots, turnarounds, everything. So it's like dude has just become incredible. He's yeah. he, he, he's incredible. And I think if you have that guy on your team, the Bucks are all, they're always going to be confident that they can win. And that's why I've always – that's why I said I'm not counting the Bucks out. I'm also not counting the Celtics out, though. Yeah. Just because of how good of a team defensively they have been, yeah, and then they have enough uh, around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and they're going to have a lot of guys like Grant Williams, you know, Tennessee alum. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him; he's been playing really well. Forty-seven from three. Yeah, du- dude has been shooting the three very well. Yeah. This in, th- even in this series as well. I think he had twenty-one in game two, and uh, taking on Giannis. For some yeah, and like guarding Giannis, all of that. They and I think that's the good thing. They don't really have anybody you can attack on defense. Yeah. I mean, because even if you want to say, oh, Al Horford's older, well, he's still a pretty good defender. He's good. Dude's still yeah. a truck. Yeah, yeah, he's a great defender. It's like there's there's nobody on their team that you can really at- attack. Even when Derek White comes in the game, he's a good defender as a point guard. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think it's interesting how uh, Jalen Brown's kind of handled this big lineup that the Bucks are playing just a little bit better than Tatum. Now, of course, Tatum's going to get more attention from the defense, but – I don't know. Bucks are running Giannis mm-hmm. at the three, kind of, and then Portis and Lopez. I mean, yeah. those are almost three seven footers. I think that is three seven footers. Basically, yeah. you don't I mean, close enough. You don't play that like yeah. during the regular season. You you'll play a, a six eight center before you play, you know, that big of a lineup. So it, it's going to be interesting how they uh, change things up because um, I don't know. J- Jalen Brown has been a problem. He continues to look like a an able. Uh, he could like be the second best player for a championship team. He, he continues to uh, take that leap. It's really exciting. But yeah, Tatum is going to need to step up, step up if uh, Boston's going to wants to tie it up. And this has been a problem for them for the past several years. They're an early exit in the postseason, yeah. relatively speaking. So I think there's a big chip on their collective shoulder right now as a franchise, and they want to make the next step forward. And this is a team that's talented enough to do it. I mean, again, I think they have a, a lot better roster. Than the Milwaukee Bucks right now, but the the just Giannis is the thing. Giannis is the thing. If you can if you can find a way to mitigate the damage that Giannis does, or at least deter his teammates from do, making any kind of meaningful impact, uh, 
then I think I think you win. I think the Celtics can definitely do that. They've got the defensive presence and power to stretch and and tire out the rest of the team. So it's only Giannis. It's the Giannis show. It's going to be that regardless. But I mean, if you can if you can keep if you can make Drew Holiday put up some really bad shots, which he's not. His offense is not what it was when he was an All Star back in the day. His defense is fantastic. Yeah. But if you can make him take thirty shots and he makes less than thirteen, then you're in business. And I don't see you know with. With with Middleton out, I think it's going to be a very hard battle for the Bucks to make this a three one series. Yeah, they can live with Drew Holiday taking step back jumpers versus Giannis bulldozing yeah. his way in the paint. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But then, uh, kind of moving on to the other Eastern Conference series that has now moved to two two. Uh, Joel Embiid coming back just has completely changed the entire way that this series is being viewed. I mean, obviously, when you have a guy who uh, was an MVP candidate. A lot of people picked him to be the MVP. Uh, you, yeah, you, you lose, you lose him, you lose him, and then you're going two games in Miami. Yeah, I think they lost. A, I think everybody kind of expected him to lose that game. And I said that if Joel Embiid can't come back, they're they're not going to win the series. Yeah. yeah, but once they got Joel Embiid back and they won Game Three, it's like man, if they win Game Four, now we're in business. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is a series now because it's a three game series. Now, the good thing for Miami is that they do have two games at home, but the other question is how healthy is Kyle Lowry going to be? I know he played, he came back, but they're saying his hamstring is not really 100%. It looks like it, too. He does not. Yeah, like he doesn't look he, he doesn't look the same out there, and it's one of those things we don't even know if he's going to be able to play in game five. We're yeah. not sure yet. So I think it's kind of like a day-to-day thing how he feels. So that, that that's the way that I think. I, I, I think that them being at home is going to help them. No Cal Lowry is going to hurt them. And then getting Joel back for the Sixers is just huge. I mean, you saw that in the last two games with him. And I think if they win game five, I I really think whoever wins game five is probably going to win the series. That's the rule of thumb in two, two series. Like overall, I think like over 80% of the time when it's two to two, the team that wins game five wins the series. So it's almost like this game it's not the deciding game, but it's like if you get game five, you're in a great position to win the series. Yeah, I agree. And another thing going well for the Sixers is James Harden, at least last night, yeah, looked like him his old self. Now, of course, his play style is a little different now. He's more passive. But last night he, had, he hit 30 points for the first time in their playoff run. And, you know, he was taking – he was just calling his own shots now uh, versus just uh, sending his teammates up. Yeah, he was back to his step-back threes, going to the hole. Had a little bit more burst than uh, than when I remembered from their series against Toronto. And, yeah, that's going to be really important because you know, Embiid can't do it by himself. But a great thing um, great thing about Embiid being back is they don't have to play DeAndre Jordan. Hmm. He that does help a lot. Awful. Yeah, you can play him and Paul Reed now instead of DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, who would make might make a great coach. Who knows? <laughs> Not a basketball player anymore. No, he's he's a good bench warmer because he's really tall. You can just lay him out and he can cover up a lot of the bench. But um, no, I, I mean Tyrese Maxey's also been someone that has got to be shouted out. I mean he has played really well this postseason. He's been a reliable scoring option for the Sixers, and I mean, there, there's just a, there are a lot of players in this lineup that I like. I mean, there's Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, obviously uh, Harden is sort of a question mark right now, but Joel Embiid, heart of a champion, broken orbital socket, and coming back with that, you know, Cor- Kobe Bryant sort of like bird mask on, and he's out there. Yeah, it's cool to see the black mask back. I yeah, f- 
think I thought they banned it. I thought you could only wear clear masks. But no, well, I guess not. I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I, I like it too. It, it was pretty cool. Yeah, but they're like, we'll rob you the MVP, but you can wear this mask. Yeah, you, you can be the Batman just for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the Heat, um, they're gonna have to get more from people other named, not named Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has been fantastic. He's been about yeah. as good as you could ask. Um, he's looking like finals Jimmy Butler, you know, from the bubble. But uh, heroes, he's been all right. Uh, he, he's had a bad two game stretch in Philadelphia. And then, yeah, Oladipo, Struess, and then Vincent. Those are really kind of their X factors. They need one of those guys to yeah. give you 15, give you 20, you know, to to really put the 76ers in the dirt. Because without that, they're, I don't know, they're just missing a lot. They're very one-trick pony, I feel like. Oladipo also hasn't been taking enough shots, I don't think, because his, 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 he's shooting it well. Like, he's shooting 47 from the field. Um, and he's 41 from three point. You know, those, those are pretty solid numbers, and he's only getting like 11 points per game over 27, 28 minutes per game, which I, I think you just got to let him take some more shots because Tyler Hero is, you know, as you said, he's not playing like Tyler Hero right now. So just switch it off to Victor Oladipo and give him those looks. Yeah, and if uh, Lowry misses, they, they started uh, Vincent in the first two games and in the Atlanta series when Lowry was out, and he looked a lot better when, yeah. when he started. So, and then... They'll probably keep Oladipo on the bench because him and Hero off the bench are actually a pretty good duo, usually. Oh, yeah, I I agree with that. Well, I do think that them going back to Miami is going to be good for Tyler Hero because I feel like he just plays much better in Miami. Mm -hmm. That's I I mean, they say that with role players. I think he's a little bit better than a role player, even though he does come off the bench. I think he's – I want to call him a role player necessarily. But uh, young players also just in general play a lot better at home than on the road. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's just, it, it, it's been proven over all the years because it's like you feed off the crowd so much and all the adrenaline that's going through you. So I do think, I'm expecting Tyler Hero to have a better game when they're back in Miami. But yeah, they're, they're going to need one of those guys that you mentioned. I mean, I would also go with Oladipo. I think he's the best player out of those guys, even though he has been injured. And then uh, with uh, Gabe Vincent, I think Gabe Vincent and Max Struess are both really good players, but I would still think that Oladipo is the one that they're going to rely on more. Yeah. To, 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 for at least for scoring purposes. Yeah, and it's it's kind of sad to see Duncan Robinson not getting any minutes. I don't know if it's an injury, but he, he's been hasn't seen anything since he hit eight threes in that one playoff game against Atlanta. I don't think it's an injury. I just think he's not a good enough he's not playable yeah like at at this point like but i don't and i think it's not really a good matchup for him because who are you going to put him on because i mean you're not going to put him on maxi i'd put him on danny green i mean i guess you could put him on danny green and that could work out but i think it's like the other guys are like tobias harris is going to be able to beat him off the dribble uh, James Harden is going to be able to beat him off the dribble if he gets switched on to yeah. him. Robinson's not quick or strong. Vincent is quick, and then Struess is strong. So yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's what they're looking at for like de- a def- defensive purpose. And I think that they're like, he, Duncan Robinson is a great shooter, but I think they think they need defense more than they need shooting right now. Yeah, I think that's why he wouldn't be playing. Yeah, they don't want to see Duncan Robinson getting switched and a pick and roll in every possession. So yeah, I do understand. But I mean, they gave him the. Not the bag, but they threw a lot of money. At I mean, I would say 480, I think. Or I think yeah, it was four for 90. 490. That's not yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he and I think he's played but eight minutes knows, in this playoff series. Oh Riley's supposed to. They don't, they don't care. <laughs> they don't care if they threw him the bag. They just, they're about winning. Just, uh, yeah, they're going to need to step it up. 
I, I think I think to Tobias Harris. I know I mentioned it beforehand, but I think Tobias Harris is such a huge part of the Sixers game plan moving forward because you can plug him into a lot of different areas and he continually grows his game year in year out his scoring hasn't been you know what it was since Harden got there obviously because Harden's going to eat up shots but yeah I mean I think Tobias he's only six seven but he feels like a bigger body when he's out there like he can muscle, sure. he can muscle guys and he's I got a nice skill set he does he's just very inconsistent this series has been pretty good though yeah yeah he has been really good in this series and uh, just for clarification five years 90 million for Duncan Robinson to play, I don't think he's played ten minutes in this series yeah. overall over the first four games, so that's that's a tough one for him. I mean, actually, I guess it's more tough for Miami. He's doing pretty good, and you also got it speaks to Miami's development how much they trust you know Struce, you know these guys, Struce Vincent, you know the guys that kind of really were no names before they came to Miami. And oh yeah, Miami no, I remember Miami. watching like the, the first time I like I had heard of him, but the first time I really watched Gabe Vincent play was when I think it was team he was on one of the on Olympic Nigeria. teams yeah team Nigeria. Nigeria and they played team USA and I watched that and I was like dude Gabe Vincent is a lot Nigeria better beat USA didn't yeah they, they won that game and I was like dude Gabe Vincent is a lot better than I thought he was yeah and I and I think that's that's what I came away thinking from that game obviously I, I was like okay team USA is gonna need some chemistry and stuff like that mm-hmm. but I came away from that game thinking, wow, Gabe Vincent is a much better player than I thought he was. Yeah. And I and think he's, he's – and, yeah. and, yeah, and, he, and he's just proven that this series and over the playoffs and really just the entire season. So, like, shout-out to them. Shout-out to the Miami Heat development team because, I mean, they had guys like Omar Yurtsevin who helped my fantasy fantasy team <laughs> earlier this season. Uh, shout, so, like, shout-out to Miami Heat. You, you, you see the way they develop players and they get into – these situations and they've shown up in the playoffs as well uh, but they're going to need them to show up big in game five because uh, you know that Joel Embiid and James Harden are thinking like we need to go into Miami and win this game and finish this and in six on our home floor James Harden's thinking about hitting the clubs after the game <laughs> oh he's definitely yeah maybe before Not probably time. before yeah probably yeah. both honestly you never know <laughs> yeah but he, he, I, I think they went they went down no two and he had to take a little bit of a break <laughs> yeah so I'm proud of him for locking in because, I mean, he he's played a lot better, which I don't know if it's actually because he was doing anything. Yeah, we're joking about it, but, like, I yeah. think it's kind of serious. Like, I think he's actually <laughs> I mean, I mean, you look at the reports. I mean, they definitely said that he – well, he did say he used to go to the studio with Lil Baby before. Had his uh, jersey hung up at a club. Crazy. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's funny. But, I mean, hey, look, he's he's a millionaire. He's a great player. He's a hundred millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. I mean, the, when you've got ten all-stars, you got an MVP, six all-NBA first teams. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go wherever you want. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. As, as, long as, you, as long as you play well on the court, you can go wherever you want to go. Exactly. But then kind of moving on to the last series, uh, the the Suns and the, Mav- and the Mavericks have been very similar – to the Heat and 76ers because it was the same way where the Suns won both of those two games at home. Everyone thought they had a headlock on the, the series. Yeah, it seemed like they, it was over. But I was like, dude, I feel like we've seen, like, Chris Paul is known to blow 2-0 leads. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. one. Of, he's known to blow 2-0 leads. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure he blew a 2-0 lead to the Grizzlies one time, like, if I, if I remember correctly. So like he's blown a couple two elites. They blew a two zero lead against the Bucks in the finals. Yeah, yeah. like that. That's what he's known to do. He's blown a three one lead. It's like all this stuff is like, 
not I don't want to come after Chris Paul too much. I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna sound like a hater. The hate, but it's the, like yeah, the hate does get carried away. CP yeah. zero rings is funny though. CP zero rings is pretty funny. Yeah, I, I I don't wanna hate on Chris Paul too much, even though I think I do still have there's a little part of me that's still fourteen years old watching us play the uh Clippers in the playoffs. So I think that might be where it comes from. But yeah, I, I, we've seen this happen with Chris Paul teams in the past. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So I don't think that we should be super surprised that they lost both games in Dallas. No, and I, I mean Luka Doncic just again just a f- incredible, 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 incredible. Player. It's like it's insane the video way game that he plays. He always yeah. has the ball, like, yeah. dudes. <laughs> and always, and he's not inefficient either. Because yeah. most times when you see someone that's ball dominant, I mean, look at Russell Westbrook for instance. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know on Westbrook too much but um but Poor guy cut astray yeah but but with Luca I mean he just you, you don't see slack in his game you don't see him having a bunch of turnovers like he's incredibly incredibly efficient and just I mean he knows exactly what he's doing plays at his own pace yeah man. and his defense isn't isn't fantastic but it's not he's not a liability either um, still you know he's pretty beefy yeah yeah i mean he he was a liability in that game too they were attacking him in that one but, game it was bad but they they made it they made it work they yeah it work, yeah you know? i mean they haven't been able to do it the last two games yeah. as well and but i do want to i want to salute this kind of series for just doing everything like the way that you should talk trash to each other and yeah. talk about the games between these two teams has been amazing. Yeah. Like the Jason Kidd quote when they t- asked him about Luka Doncic's like flopping and he was like, "Well, we've got we've got the guys on the other team that show us the perfect way to do it." So I just told them <laughs> to do what they do. And it's just like it's so I love that energy because yeah. this is this is like because it's like you're not coming after them. Yeah. It's a joke. It's funny. Yeah. CP, then, CP knows he's got a reputation. For oh, yeah. And then it was like CP asked Luca and he was talking to him. You could see Luca and Luca was like, I learned that one from you. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you had uh, Chris Paul like flailing over Jalen oh Brunson yeah. and yeah. getting a foul and on Brunson and then talking trash to him about it and it's just like it's so beautiful it's a fun series and it's it's like it's just so on brand for Chris Prod yeah and there's so many little things that you can notice like I remember it was a Devin Booker calling Jalen Brunson too small after he pushed him out of the way and then Jalen Brunson came down the other end and did the same thing in the next game and like pushed him out of the way and I was like this is just Mm -hmm. what this is what playoff basketball is supposed to be Yeah. yeah and that's why I've I've really enjoyed this series and I think that I, I'm still riding with the Suns. I mean, they've been the best team all season. I yeah. think that they're going to end up winning this series. But I do think it, this could end up being a seven-game series because I think I don't think the Mavericks are going to lose on their home floor. Yeah. It just feels like they are a different team on their home floor. Like Dorian Finney-Smith is eight hitting clutch threes. threes. That was eight crazy. of them. Like, dude, Dorian yeah. Finney-Smith was playing incredible. It's like he was a completely different player on yeah. his home floor. It'll be really interesting to see also how refereeing goes for the rest of this postseason because there's been some controversy. I know we already talked about this series, but um, with the Celtics Bucks, I mean, uh, the Celtics head coach is pretty pissed off with the officiating. I mean, he was yeah. saying, you know, if, if we had the officials on our side, we would have won too or something like that if we were as good as flopping. And I mean... It's just uh, that that's another that's another team that we need to watch this postseason or the NBA referees like what are they going to do because the first round there were some massive foul discrepancies and free throw attempts for some teams that were the underdogs and you could argue hey they're trying to stretch these games these series but uh, that's true yeah <laughs> did you see what Giannis said about the refs 
No. Yeah, so he th- said if- they they asked him about it, and he was like, uh, "How how much does it cost if I talk about the refs?" And I was like, "How much is that?" And then they were like, uh, "About like he said what twenty k?" He was like, "Yeah." He's like, uh, "I got to pay for diapers." <laughs> he's I'm so not- good. With- <laughs> I'm so I good with the honest. media because he'll like just dunk on somebody, punk them, like. Destroy their orbital and then he'll just make some dad joke in the media or the, the Oreos person. with milk He was like I loved Oreos and they said have you had this with milk? And he's like no, it's the best thing ever like how can you not like Giannis? He's just yeah, so nice. I, I agree with that. No, but with the whole official thing It's gonna be interesting to see when is Scott Foster gonna be put on one of these Suns <laughs> oh. and Mavs games again? Dude, oh, I've seen wow. because if it no because imagine it's game five in oh, Phoenix God. and they put Scott Foster on the game Chris Paul has to make history. He's like 0-14 against Scott Foster, yes, which is exactly. ridiculous. The fact that Scott Foster has a higher win percentage on Chris <laughs> over Chris Paul than anybody else in NBA history is wild. It's pretty like funny. he's he's got to get one at some point. And it's so funny because we're talking about Scott Foster and not even about like the Mavericks. Yeah. But it's like he plays it really him. feels like if it's it really in those games it feels like Chris Paul versus Scott Foster yes. is like the is the matchup. Yeah. And then it's like the actual game is like the second secondary yeah. matchup that's going it's like on. Before like before game three of the Gri- Grizzlies uh Warriors game, it was like I think Scott Foster officiated that game. And like I saw on Twitter, Scott Foster breaking news, Scott Foster is officiating this game from some random account. So now it's news anytime yep. Scott Foster officiates any game. You just got to, like, keep your eye out for him. He's going to start doing jersey swaps with players. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> gosh. That would be amazing. Yeah. I, actually, I actually need to see some Scott Foster jersey swaps. That would be kind of nice. No, I did see – I saw a Scott Foster highlight film on Twitter the other day. Dude, me too. And was, you saw that, Justin? Dude, I saw that. Dude, it was incredible. I loved it. I, think, I loved every minute of it. I think there's one where Scott Foster doesn't know who uh, Jack Harlow is. Oh, that like, was pretty funny. And then they were funny. walking through the hotel. Yeah, and so, yeah that, that video was funny, too. in the car. Yeah. That video made him more likable. I yeah. thought that was good PR from yeah. the NBA. Yeah, yeah. The, the, hey, and the the NBA ref PR team has to be tired. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because this, like, even going back, I remember in the Grizzlies and Timberwolves series, after every single game, the team, the fan base that lost was like, this is the worst officiated game I've ever seen. They don't talk about, like, oh, this player played really, really good, so we lost. Or, or our player, you know, had a down night, so we yeah. lost. No, it's just always it, Tony Crawford, Jack. I almost said Jack Foster. <laughs> Scott Foster plays. Yeah. Shout out Jack Foster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shout out Jack, though. But yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean, man. Nobody, nobody wants to talk about the refs all the time. Honestly, the caption for that Jack Harlow video where they end up singing it at the end of it, which should have been uh, Scott Foster on his way to make Chris Paul 0-15 against him. No, <laughs> memes have been made. Yeah. That's the stuff yeah. you're talking about. Uh, oh, gosh. yeah. No, I, I'll remember that. I got to I gotta tweet that one out <laughs> on uh, the next Suns game. Upcoming banger from Bryson Wright 3 <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, okay. So that's kind of like all the series that's going on right now. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens. I do. I'm still. I still feel confident in the Suns, Heat and Seventies. All the other three series, I think, can go either way. Mm-hmm. Even with the Grizzlies and Warriors without Ja, I still think it can go either way because if they win Game Four, then and it's a three game series. Maybe Ja can come back. You never know. Yeah, and, they're go- and they get two games at home. And then the same thing with the Celtics. If they can win game four, it's the same way. They got two games at home, too. It's really interesting how both of the series have, like, played out in the exact same way. Like, the two series that happened on the yeah. same day, mm-hmm. the same thing happens. Yeah, yeah away so, team, home team, away team. Yeah, it's, it's really weird how that's happened. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. But 
I do still I, – I don't know. I, the team I have the most confidence in I think still probably is going to be the Suns just overall. The Suns, but, hey, watch out for former Nick um, Frank Nielakina guard Devin Booker. He was oh, giving them some problems yeah. last game. <laughs> the Frenchman, six six. Never know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't say I have the. When I say I have the most confidence in them, I still think they like six. I'm like sixty percent confident, but I'm like fifty percent confident in all the other teams, and I think that's the problem. Yeah. So y'all want to pick? Oh yeah, we we can make some picks. What? I I'm okay. For Bucks and Celtics, even though they're down two one, yeah. I can't change my pick. I, I feel like it would be wrong to change my pick after I'm gonna three agree with games. That. Yeah, we had the same pick, uh, Celtics and seven, just because of. I mean, that was right out. That episode came out right after the sweep. Yeah, just seeing the defensive yeah. prowess and Jason Tatum looking like a. I think, top and, five and I will player. also say this: if the Celtics win Game Four, they will win the series. Mm-hmm. I think. They kind of have. Uh, I mean, yeah. They have, I mean, they, they have, have to. to. They do. They have, have to, to win game four. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they have to win game four too. With the Heat and Seventy Sixers, I think I'm going with the Seventy Sixers. Yeah. I mean, I, I want I want the Seventy Sixers, and I also think the Seventy Sixers will do it. I think in Miami, there's some stuff behind the scenes that has to be going on with Jimmy Butler. I mean, I, I haven't forgotten. I don't think anybody's forgotten about him. You know, almost getting into a fight with uh, Coach Eric Spolstra. You know, I mean, I just I, I think there's some drama going on behind closed doors. And I, I think the 76ers are without that at the moment, having shipped that off to Brooklyn. Um, so, yeah, I give it to I give it to the Sixers in this one. Yeah, Jimmy does not like it when his teammates underperform. I mean, just ask when he took the, the third stringers on the T-Wolves and beat the starters, if that was true. But I'm still going to stick with the Heat. Yeah, I'm going to take them in seven. I just think it was a bad two games. Just inserting Kyle Lowry in their starting mm-hmm. lineup kind of messed things up because he's been out since like early on in the Hawks series. So I'm gonna stick with the Heat. They have they're gonna have home court for the next That's true. two out of the, these three games. Jimmy Butler is still Jimmy Butler. I think Bam Adebayo will do enough to just bother and beat a little bit. He's still gonna get his, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, the player, one of the players I mentioned, Oladipo Struess or um, Gabe Vincent, will step up. Yeah, and and I think. Uh, They'll have a hero coming off the bench, too. I think we're going to have a big hero 30-plus point game in one of these final games for the Heat. Yeah, I, like, I'm going with the 76ers, but I'm not confident in either. I like, I, I don't think yeah. either team is just way better than the other. I think maybe just because they have Embiid. Like, I, I understand everything that's going on with the Miami Heat. I understand how good they are. Jimmy Butler's been playing great. But Cal Lowry not being 100%, and then now yeah. Joel is going to be getting closer to 100% every game uh, as well, and he's already playing really well. And yeah. now that we've seen Harden play as well as he did in that last game, it's like if they can get that version of Harden, because mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, I think he had like 24. He had a great game. Yeah. But he didn't even have like one of those dominant like 40 and 20 games we've seen him have before. Yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat> he he just had a regular Joel Embiid game, and then they had Harden go crazy. Like he played a great game. And if you can get that out of them, I think they could they could win in six. Yeah. Like I think that's they a could. possibility. They have all the momentum right now. I mean, they yeah. the last two games weren't close. And that was yeah, that, I think that was the big that thing was at too. full strength for the Sixers. So, and then in the Grizzlies and Warriors, I have to stick with saying the Grizzlies are going to win in seven, regardless of what happens over the next couple games. I'm gonna, you know, I kind of have to. Yeah, uh, for sure. I understand. <laughs> I understand that it looks bleak though. 
Yeah, it's, it's it looks it looks a lot worse than it did before uh, John Morant got injured. But I still have confidence in Jaron Jackson Jr. Desmond Bain is getting healthier, so I, I still have confidence in them. And as long as they can get this game four, they definitely have a possibility of winning it. See, yeah, Grant, I, I know he has to, but we don't have to. No, I'm not taking at all. Warriors in six. It's, it's yeah, it's uh, it's Warriors in six or seven. I mean, I look, I'm. I, I really want the Grizzlies to do it, but like it just doesn't feel like I think it's the Warriors happen. are the best team in the West. It's not a slight against the Grizzlies at I, all. I can't say that. That hurts me too much. Like that that actually causes me physical bodily pain. Really? I can't I can't say Warriors. Oh, uh, you don't cuz that's been a common theme of the past decade Warriors being the best War, in the West. Uh, Warriors and, and Jazz I just I just don't like. This would be like there's six uh, Western Conference yeah. champion in like the yeah. past decades. So. Steve Kerr is a guru. Steve Kerr is going down as is is. the best coach of this decade. No, yeah. I'm pretty sure that since they've kind of hit their prime, Steph and Clay have gone to the finals every year where they've been healthy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they have. They definitely yeah. have. Yeah, like si- since we, they hit their prime. Now, yeah. obviously, they also got Kevin Durant for a couple of those. So that helps a lot when you yeah. also have KD. It was like 2015 through 2019, and then mm-hmm. and two then years of injuries. Yeah, I mean, because Steph was hurt. Her back. Clay got hurt. <laughs> Clay We're got back. hurt again. And then now, oh, look, it's the same team all of a sudden. Yeah. KD's the guy that owns the bakery, right? That's the cupcake guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to remember. Yeah. Slash Nate. Yeah. And then Suns, Mavs. I'm still go- I'm going Suns in seven. It's a tough one. I mean, it's a tough one. I don't. It's a coin flip. I don't know. You it's either. It's either. I think it's. Yeah. E- it's either going to be Mavericks and six or Suns and seven. Okay. But I think I'm going to go Suns and seven. I think if the Mavericks win Game Five, yeah. they can win in six. But if they lose Game Five, I think Suns and seven easily. I'm yeah. saying Which, seven. Game Five is always. I feel like Game Five is the determining game in all of these series. It feels like. Yeah, Suns win Game Five. I think they win Game Six. But I don't. Wait, shoot. No, no, no. If Mavs win Game Five. I think they'll. I think they'll win Game Six if they win Game. But five. I don't think that's happening. I think the Suns are winning. They're too good at home, right? And yeah. then Dallas is winning because I think even last year when they lost at home, the only games they lost at home was they lost one to LeBron and Anthony Davis when they were both healthy. Yeah, and then they lost to Giannis and he had an incredible performance. Yeah, and it's like when you're, I don't know, man. Beating them at home is difficult. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna say Suns and six because I think Chris Paul, like everything that happened with that fan bothering his family as well. Oh yeah, and that and, was horrible. And, and the talk of of you know Chris Paul, uh, CP three, you know Owen, whatever, whatever that that new nickname, whatever it is, you know he can't win. You know, essentially, I think I think he's just he's pissed off and he's at a point in his career where it's like it's now or never. Like the 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 perfect field goal games that he's had twice now this postseason, you just don't see that. You don't see that in the modern NBA, and I yeah. think I think the Suns. He's going to shake them awake and say, "Look, we are so much better than what we are playing like right now." And they're going to they're going to go out there, and I think they're going to stomp the Mavs these next two games and close the series. I think the Suns will win in seven. Could be six, but um, I, I just I, I think Luka Doncic is. You say Giannis faces the NBA. Well, I think Luka's right up there with them. Yeah, and I'm I'm rooting for the Mavericks because I want to see. I want to I want the. Luca Giannis to be a rivalry just like Bird and Magic. Mm-hmm. I want to see him over and over again. I think that'd be great for the NBA. Two international players. Yeah, but that's a tough road for both of them. Yeah. So we will and see. Look, speaking of international players, too, we now have four straight international players winning MVP. 
which I think that's going to be inter- that's interesting for the league too. So I do like what you're saying with Luca. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he has a chance to possibly be the face of the league, especially if he's going against Giannis too. Yeah, was it Giannis winning back to back? Yeah, Jokic Giannis went winning back to back, and now Jokic has won back to back. And then Embiid would have been we would have yeah, said the same. Same, thing yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the top three candidates were Giannis and Bede and Jokic. Yeah. So it's really crazy how the NBA has become an international game. It's great. But yeah, before we close, I did we do have to mention that Nikola Jokic went in back to back MVPs. That's a great accomplishment. I mean, I think that it was the right decision. I know that not everybody picked Jokic. I, I just feel like yeah. without your second and third best player yeah. to even make the playoffs yeah. with the team that he had. I mean, obviously Bones Highland and Will Barton and guys like that stepped up. Good at times. Yeah, they were good at times. They even had Austin Rivers had some good You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's one of those things where Jokic the, is getting them the it ball. was Jokic. Yeah. Like, it was Jokic was the driving force behind that team, and he just did absolutely everything. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, if you're Adam Silver, you know, you got to be a little afraid of the Jokic brothers. So, like, here's your second MVP. <laughs> right. No. Right, dude. But, they were born in a civil war, so yeah. they know how to fight. Uh, yeah, Jokic... First uh, NBA player to uh, amass 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, and 500 assists in a season. His averages, um, I think they were all up from last year. I'm not sure if the assists were. They were 7.9 this year. But, yeah, like you said, just carrying that load, not having your top uh, two running mates with you and just, uh, you know, really uh, supporting uh, your supporting cast being Will Barton, Bones Highland, Aaron Gordon. Yep. You know, it, it's just super impressive, and he's just—he's always there. He's not gonna take, you know. I'm not I'm sorry, but Bradley Beal, yeah, in this situation, might take the season off. You know, might if they get hurt, because Jokic is gonna play through injuries. You yeah. know, he's seven foot. He's gonna, um, yeah, get some nicks and bruises all over his body, and he's not—he's not sitting out. No, like we see so often in this NBA, which might lead to a lockout, like we mentioned the uh, other episode. But yeah, that's why it's just so impressive to me, and he's got the stats to back it up. The whole narrative was for him. If Embiid played more games, man, it'd be yeah. I might same with last year close. too. Same with last yeah. year, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. And Jokic was there, always putting up crazy stat lines yep. that you shouldn't see from a center. So well deserved. And with that supporting cast, I mean, on what on what team in the world would you hear like, yeah, those are major contributors, Will Barton and Bowens Highland? Like, no. No, so I mean, Nikola Jokic definitely well-deserved MVP this year and uh, just uh, an incredible player. I mean, they should have been a play-in team, and he kept them out of the play-in games. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. I mean, he he did more than some other guys did. I mean, Paul. I mean, I know Paul George got injured too, but uh, even when he was there, they were still fighting for the play-in and all of that. Yeah. And then with the Lakers, with LeBron, obviously they had injuries as well, but they couldn't stay out of the play-in either. Yep. So <laughs> that's just like uh, they couldn't even they couldn't even get to the play-in. Yeah, so we, had, a, we had a Lakers funeral a few moments. Yeah, that was a good episode. But yeah, uh, thank you to everybody for listening to another great episode of the Fast Break Podcast. Very excited to see how these NBA playoffs are going to keep going. But for Bryson Wright, Justin Klimmer, and Grant Mitchell, we'll see you soon.